Hey guys, welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. Before we jump into chapters 36 through 38, let's recap what happened in chapters 33 through 35. So Jacob and Esau make amends and go their separate ways. Um, Dinah, Jacob's daughter, is quote unquote violated. Um, Her brothers seek revenge by first tricking all of the men in the city that they were in to circumcise themselves. And then they end up killing all of them and looting it for themselves. So they take the women, the children for themselves. They take all of their possessions and everything and just leave after killing all the men. Jacob finally tells his household to give up their false gods and purify themselves before they go on, um, on the move again. And Rebecca's servant, Deborah dies along with Rachel, who died giving birth to Jacob's son, Benjamin. Chapter 35 ends with the death and burial of Isaac, who lived to be 180 years old. So that brings us to chapter 36, where we see all of Esau's descendants. Um, This part of Genesis starts like the last and final section of Genesis. So if we haven't noticed, Genesis is kind of split up into three different sections. It's like the account of Abraham, the account of Isaac slash Jacob, and then the account of Joseph, which I feel like Jacob kind of intertwines between Isaac and Joseph. Joseph. I would agree. But like it's, it's the account of Abraham, the account of Isaac, and the account of Jacob. Yeah. And then Joseph is the one that's in the account of himself. Jacob. Yeah. Yes. Did I say that right? Yes. I'm going to interchange these names. It sounded right to me. (laughs) All these J names, all these R R names. So far, so good. Whatever. Anyway, so it starts off by um, telling us or reminding us, if you will, that Esau's name is also Odom. Edom. Oh, my goodness. Edom, which means red. Um, and it lists off his wives. So in 36, his wives are Adon. Is that how you would say that? Sure. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Oli, oh, Oli, how would you say that? Olibama. Oholibama. <laughs> sure. No Oli. disrespect to Oli. her. We're going to call Oli. her Oli. Oli. Okay. Oli. Yep. And then we have base math that's totally wrong but that's how it's spelled so that's how i'm gonna pronounce it <laughs> base math right Who, yeah in in this we have a hittite a hivite and an ishmaelite so there's a discrepancy in the recount of esau's wives so first let's talk about how many sons they gave esau so adon gave esau one son Oli gave him three and base math in this account, Ishmael's daughter mm-hmm. gave him one son. So he has five kids, five sons through these women. Um, but if we go and look at 26, chapter 26, 34 and 35, his wives from the Hittite people are Judith, the daughter of Biri the Hittite, and base math, the daughter of Alon the Hittite. And then if we look at 28, verse 9, Malahatoth, <laughs> Malahatoth, maybe, is who is called Ishmael's daughter. So I knew that was a point where, you know, a lot of people are like, well, this is wrong. Why are they different? So, of course, I had to go and get figured stuck out. on it. <laughs> yeah, figured it out for a little bit. Get stuck on it. Um And I found some stuff from R.C. Sproul that um, talk about why they didn't match. It says, it is possible that some of Esau's wives changed their names after they married him, thereby accounting for the differences. However, the more likely explanation is that Esau married many more wives after fraternizing with the Hittites and the Ishmaelites. So we don't really know why they're different. I think it's kind of funny that base math is the only one that's consistent but it's not the same person because base math in chapter 36 is ishmael's daughter which you would think that would be the one that would remain consistent yeah but we don't know she could have changed her name from malahatoth to base math yeah we're saying that all wrong yeah (laughs) 
So um, it further goes on. It says this squares well with the description of Esau's sexual immorality Mm -hmm. in Hebrews 12. Um, If Isaac's oldest son lived for a moment, if Isaac's oldest son lived for the moment, forfeiting his spiritual blessing to salitate his physical hunger, surely he will be capable of giving into his momentary lust by taking as many wives as his heart desired. Yeah. So. Which, knowing Esau, that wouldn't surprise us, right? Definitely not. I should think not. No. But in starting this new section of Genesis, um, I found it interesting that it's very similar to how the rest of those sections were started. So like the, the account of Abraham was started with the generations of Terah. And then the account of Isaac was started with the generations of Abraham. And now the account of, um, Jacob and Esau, I mean, might as well be because they're, they were twins. Yeah. But within what RC Sproul said, it says Moses typically inserts the family history of the unfaithful son, just before he begins to relate the history of the heirs of Abraham's covenant. We see this happen in 25, 12 through 18, for example, where Moses gives us the generations of Ishmael right before the account of Jacob's life. So he's giving us the generations of Esau, the unfaithful son, before the generations that makes of a Jacob. Lot of sense. Why, though? I don't know. If you notice, they're also both the firstborn, too. Yeah. So they came first in the... Maybe it's like a... Plus two, they don't... I don't... And I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. Plus then we we really don't hear much about them further on. Yeah. Yeah, So this is just kind of like where it stops for them, I guess. Yeah. Well, with Ishmael, Mm -hmm. I can see why he would have done that because God promised to make him into a great nation. So that makes sense why he was there. But he didn't promise such things for Esau, did he? Yes, he he did, because he was still Isaac's son. That was, you know, one of the things I had on on my notes is is that a large part of the reason, too, in the research that I was doing, because I couldn't figure out why we have a literal entire chapter designated strictly to Esau's descendants. And I wanted to know why. Like, we know he was not the chosen, you know, the one that God chose. We know that he didn't get anything from Isaac. So I wanted to know why there was a whole chapter of it. And a bunch of different sources that I read said that, you know, this is also too just showing that while Esau was not chosen to carry on, you know, the, how would you say it? Abrahamic, Abrahamic covenant. Um, He's still a descendant of Isaac. He's still a descendant of Abraham that he made, um, Esau into a great nation, many great nations, thus still keeping his promises. So while yeah. he didn't get the birthright, he didn't get a blessing, he sure wasn't doing too bad for himself. I mean, you know, we talked about in the last episode that um, he and Jacob had to part from each other because the amount of wealth and everything that they had was so much, it couldn't be in the same area. Yeah. And it completely slipped my mind the prophecy that God said to Rebecca. Yeah. Right. Jacob and Esau's mom, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, that two nations are in your womb. Yeah. So in saying that he was promising to make Esau and Jacob into great nations. Yeah. And because again, what did, what did God promise Abraham and what did God promise Isaac? Mm -hmm. I will make make your daughter. Yeah, exactly. And so while just because, Esau wasn't righteous and, you know, Esau wasn't the one that God chose. Mm -hmm. God still took care of him much like he did Ishmael because he kept his word. He was, he's a descendant. It's, you know, just further evidence of God's faithfulness to his word. Exactly. That was the largest point that I had to make was, is that the reason this is listed out is just go to show that kings and chiefs also did come from Esau's line as well. So this chapter is very long. Um, <laughs> it is. And it's very, di- I thought it, I thought it was very difficult to read just because of all the different names. Yes. So I found myself going, okay, son of, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah, ha- no, I don't know. So uh, it's also very gonna, dry. It's so I think. dry. It's just generations, genealogy. It's 
moving yeah. from one place to another and the overall structure of it um it's just coming to the fact that the edomites he moved to Edom, so it was in the hill country of Seir. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that right, but anyway. I know what you're saying. Edom is also the other name for Esau, but Edom is also a place, yes. and it's also the Edomites are a people. Yes. So Edom means red, and it's the name of the place that had red sandstone formations and red soil. Mm-hmm. That's where he settled, so it's kind of fitting. Yeah. Um, but... 36 is just moving from his family into like a tribal structure and then moving from that tribal structure into like a kingship yeah. structure. Yeah. The development basically of the nation. Yes. Um, and I think maybe I'm jumping ahead here and if we are, we can absolutely go back. But I think in listening this out too and like, you know, how so-and-so took blah, blah, blah and they were over the blah, blah, blahs and you know, Mm -hmm. that that goes to show that really Esau's people, they never stop trying to take back what Jacob took from them. Maybe. Yeah. I'm wondering if they all knew that. I think, I mean, I'm sure maybe at first, but Mm -hmm. at some point too, kind of like, it just gets like, uh, it gets like, what's the word that I'm looking for? It gets kind of ingrained in you. Like you're just born to hate yeah like yeah. the israelites israel the people like systemic you know? yeah yeah so that makes sense but i feel like too they parted ways on like good terms yeah good terms absolutely so i don't know why that would have been a, a snowball effect within his people yeah i don't know just that was one of the sources that i had found said you know yeah that in this it was just god's way of showing that really how, how did you say the edomites really never stop trying to take back what the Israelites mm-hmm. stole from them. Yeah. And they were, they were oppressed by the Israelites for a while, for a long period of time, um, as we'll see in further chapters. Yeah. But, um, basically, this chapter ends with the fact that there was multiple kingdoms, multiple, multiple dwelling places by multiple offspring of Esau, um and it just goes to show how much wealth they had how big their yeah. tribe kingdoms whatever, whatever you want to call it, civilizations whatever yeah. you want to call it um and it's just yet again you know pointing out god's faithfulness and keeping his promise to rebecca and, and isaac and yeah. ultimately abraham exactly yeah do you have anything else on 2036 no i was gonna say i think that kind of brings us to the end and we <laughs> yeah. just kind of like immediately delve into now joseph Yes. 37 starts off the account of Jacob, um, the final quote unquote section of Genesis. Um, It just says that Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. And then immediately starts going into Joseph. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Telling us that he was 17, pasturing the flock with his brothers. Um, and he really liked to hang around with his other brothers, Bala and Zilpha. Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, and those were the, the sons of his servants, his wife's servants. And personally, on reading this about Joseph, um, I don't like him. He sounds like a, a little tattletale. Yeah. Is what he sounds like. A little spoiled brat. Like he knows he's daddy's favorite. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to report back on, you know. It says, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and they could not speak peacefully to him. Yeah. So I think I read a little bit about what it means to be the son of his old age. I'm not entirely sure, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's just because he was a firstborn son of Rachel. That's exactly why I think that Joseph and Benjamin are his favorites, because once Joseph, quote, dies, unquote, Benjamin, he event we'll get to it further but yeah where there's evidence that benjamin is his favorite because they were the only two sons the only two children he had by rachel rachel Mm -hmm. who he loved and who he originally wanted to marry so um yeah 
I have a little bit to say, and I'm sure you do too, about the robe of many colors. Oh, go ahead. So I kind of did some research about this because when you're a kid, you know, growing up in Sunday school, I heard this story all the time. And so I was like, okay, having color in your clothing back then had to have been a big deal. But my question was why? So Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of research into it. And I actually thought this was kind of interesting. So typically what one would wear in that time was they called it a garment Mm -hmm. with a head hole. Like a poncho? Yeah. And (laughs) that's exactly it. Like it didn't have sleeves. It had a hole for your head. You put it on and then you wrapped like a rope or, you know, yeah, Yeah. and tied it around your waist to kind of like hold it in place. Uh And then, you know, you could wear whatever. What was that? A a singlet or something around your neck or, Mm -hmm. you know, something off the, the rope that you tied it with and so it was very like blah yeah you know didn't have a lot of color because you need things to dye it with right yeah so the reason this coat was a point of contention (laughs) is for two reasons number one because of the color Mm -hmm. and number two because it had sleeves nothing they wore really had sleeves so he either had to make or pay someone or trade someone something to get a garment that had sleeves because nothing that they wore had sleeves interesting so i just thought that was interesting which goes to show that if he did make it how much time thought and effort went into it and if not and he he bought it because it does say he made him how expensive this Mm -hmm. garment would have been yeah the my the study section of my Bible says a sign of Joseph's preferential status, preferential status, perhaps suggesting that he is a prince and a frustrating reminder to Joseph's brothers of their father's favoritism. I mean, I feel like Jacob in this instance was a what's it called? Not mediator. Enabler. Enabler. Thank you. Joseph, you mean? Jacob. Jacob. Was yeah. an enabler how? Was an enabler of his sons having this battle for yeah. the favorite. Well, and let's also keep in mind, too, two things. Number one, the fact that Jacob was rosed, rosed. <laughs> raised. <laughs> Words are hard. Words are hard. Um, that he was raised in a home where parental figures having child favorites was very strong. Yeah. Like... But like, we why? know that. I don't Goodness. know. And then also to keep in mind to the two women, you know, yeah. Rachel and Leah being siblings, how they butted heads mm-hmm. and didn't get along with each other. And so we know how strong of a figure Isaac was in Jacob and Esau's life. Yeah. Lack thereof, I'm meaning. So without somebody to show these boys now men mm-hmm. how to interact and how you should treat your family and your brothers the only thing they have to go off of is is the example that they saw that or that they were raised in you know yeah, yeah. but i mean joseph was just a little yeah he definitely didn't help himself no i don't think anyway like, i feel like he's like, a spoiled brat like not he, to say that what happened to him should have happened to him no. but he definitely didn't help himself no. i would and say and i found something about the report that he brought back to his father yeah, says tell um, me the hebrew word for report in 37:2 is used elsewhere to describe false tales and some commentators oh. believe joseph was stretching the truth about his brothers if not fabricating stories about them even if joseph was not guilty of either of those sins he was acting as the perennial unpopular tattletale and likely refused to cover minor offenses with love. Yeah, he's a rat. He's a little weasel. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it, they, I'm sure that they didn't like him because they knew he was daddy's favorite, number one. And number two, because he did stuff like this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell dad on you. Right? <laughs> you better let me do this or I'm going to tell dad you did blah, 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 blah. Yes. You just want to backhand those types of yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. So he definitely didn't help in his situation. That's for sure. And then we see, you know, a little bit further in this chapter, 
he really doesn't help himself at all. No. Whenever. No, why would you? Whatever. So he has these dreams. Yes. Right. Twice. And instead of. Yes. And instead of just like maybe telling your dad or maybe telling whatever brother you're closest to or yeah. whoever. Your mom. He tells all of his brothers. It's like he stood up on a stage and was like, you all are going to bow down to me one yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly Treat what he me did. like I should be treated. <laughs> so, you know, that makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. Because he did this, mm-hmm. acted like this. Do you think that is the right word, perpetuated? Or... I don't know what you're talking about. Caused what we're going to find out happened to him later in the chapter here? Kind of like how... With the pit? Yeah, and uh, being sold? A th- thousand percent anyway so these what is one of the things that god says we should do do not be proud be humble yeah and Uh, the fact that god is talking to him through these dreams and he is not being humble in his mouth no so these dreams um the first one is you know gets all his brothers together i've heard a couple renditions where he says he's he woke them up from their sleep Mm. now i don't see that in the bible at all so i don't know how factual that is yeah but like he woke them up or he you know basically he went out of his way to tell them this that they were out what does he say they were doing doing something in a field with sheaves. we were binding sheaves in the field and behold my sheaf sheaf arose and stood upright and behold your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf what is a sheaf i think it's like a bundle of like grain you know those things where they're like real tall and wide and then they like tied them together or whatever that's what i'm envisioning anyway it says his brother said to him are you indeed to reign over us or are you indeed to rule over us so they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words yeah so he was making his case worse but wait there's more (laughs) says then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said behold i have dreamed another dream behold the sun the moon and even the stars were bowing down to me but when he told it to his father and to his brothers his father rebuked him and said to him what is this dream that you have dreamed shall i and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you and his brothers were jealous of him but his father kept the saying in mind Because I bet you any money he knew what it meant. Oh, I'm sure he did. Which is why I'm thinking like if he would have just went to Jacob one on one or or like I said, went to someone, you know, that he had. Then again, he may not have had anyone because he was a brat. Yeah. Um, That maybe would have been received a little bit better because. Yeah. Well, you know, Jacob had dreams where god talked yeah. to him directly the so latter like, exactly so you know if he would have just come to him he would have been like i've had these similar situations you know continue to be righteous continue to be on the right path and god will show you the way so don't stand up on a stage in front of your brother so then this in. is my question to you calling in questioning jacob's guidance is after the first time he did this because let's be real J- there's no way jacob can be blind <laughs> gotta stop blind <laughs> there's no way jacob can be blind to how his other brothers feel about him no. so why after he had this first dream was he not like joseph let's talk about this and this happens again why don't you just come to me we can talk about it and at that point we can decide together whether or not this is something we should share with everybody else yeah you know yeah i mean maybe he did that but you know Joseph being the brat he was, right. he wanted to rub it in as soon as he could. Wave it around his exactly. status or whatever. Exactly. So, At any yeah, rate. His brothers basically hate him. Um, He's daddy's favorite. Yeah. Um, And so it says, it moves on to them going out with their flock um, near Sham. Yeah. And Shem? his dad mm-hmm. is like, why aren't you with your brothers? Like, what are you doing here? Why aren't you out working with them? And so he sends him off to find his brothers and he goes to where they were supposed to be in Sham and he he comes across some random guy. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> it was weird. And he was like, where are my brothers? And he, they were like, oh, I saw him near Dathan, which I guess is just another place. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, and he goes off that way and, you know, his brothers saw him coming and when they saw the favorite son of Jacob coming in his coat of many colors, I'm sure they were like, oh, my gosh, this 
little brat, brat is coming over here what is he doing i thought we were supposed to be getting rid of him like, yeah like why is he here why did he follow us how did he find us like yeah. you know how you're hiding from somebody you don't want to see yeah like you see someone in the restaurant that you're just like oh or I like don't. you're at the store and you're like go down the other aisle exactly you know like, yeah so they were trying to avoid him my guess would be i just want to say just because i think distance and you know real life things is interesting the journey that he went on to find his brothers yeah. by himself was about 16 to 20 miles away from where he was on foot. So I mean, that mm, I mean, for them, that's probably not that far. No, not at all. But I'm just thinking like, regardless, they didn't use walking pace was still the same. Oh, yeah. You know, it would still no, take a day giants. or two. They took there, three steps and they were there. There were giants. There were. We're not getting into that. <laughs> They were not them. But I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. So they see him coming. And they devise a plan. They conspired against him to kill him. Murder. Murder. <laughs> so, you know, then. Here comes this dreamer. Yeah. Come on now. Let's kill him. Throw him into the one of the pits. <laughs> Tell him a wild animal deviled him. Yes. Deviled. Deviled. <laughs> Devoured. Devoured. <laughs> um, and we'll see what becomes of his dreams. They're like, yeah. all right, he has these dreams. We're all we're all bowing down to him, right? Let's just kill him. And then and we let's can't, see if that then comes Then we don't true. have to. Exactly. So the oldest son, Ruben, is like, wait, 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 wait. Come on, guys. Like, we can't kill him. Like, we don't want to do that. It says shed no blood throw him into one of the pits here in the wilderness but do not lay a hand on him and he said that thinking he could just come back and rescue him after yeah. so he said he had all the good intentions for him well i feel i have a question sure about that yeah so we know we talked about briefly in the last episode how reuben had slept with one of his father's concubines and so his father really didn't care for him he True. did not care for reuben at all yeah so my question was what do you think like was it one of these two things number one was he genuinely truly concerned about his little brother who had told him on two separate occasions you're going to be bowing down to me who the father that he loved mind you reuben's the firstborn so he's the one who's to stand to inherit everything um and then he treats this baby essentially like mm -hmm. a, a prince like a king feeding him grapes fanning him with the grape leaves you know that didn't happen but yes um <laughs> uh, if he wanted to it probably could anyway or was he thinking like oh yeah let's not kill him but then mm, yeah i can I'm come back and find him, him save mm -hmm. him and get back in my father's good graces again i'm gonna go with option b that's what i think so too yeah. so it was i didn't even think purely that. selfishly motivated in my opinion again Probably. not a profesh not that's just what i think yeah I mean, totally possible. Or he could have also just been the oldest one there and he was the one that was in charge. It was yeah. like, mm, let's not do this, yeah. actually. Right. But I'm going to go with option B. Mm -hmm. Because who does anything that's not for themselves? Nobody. Exactly. Especially whenever he could stand to get back in his dad's good, good graces. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway. So they he left. Like, I guess he had to go feed his flock or whatever. do whatever. Yeah. Um, and so... When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. So I guess they could have drowned him. Um, yeah. Well, and I guess, too, when I think pit, like, yeah, it's a hole in the ground, but I think a large part, and I, again, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm just thinking here, like, from different things that I've read. That I think a pit was maybe a literal hole in the ground to catch animals like lions and bears and stuff. Because I read a book one time, I mean, and we'll get to this story way further in the Old Testament, where one of, was it David's warriors? Is it the, is it the lion's den one? No, no, that's Daniel. This one, a warrior like, it, he chases a lion down in a pit like jumps in the pit with him mm -hmm. with the lion in the pit and like murders him but anyway all that to say i think that what these 
these pits were. They weren't necessarily wells. Yeah. They very well could be because as we know, wells were apparently they just dug them everywhere. Yeah. But I think that it was basically a glorified hole in the ground. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. To try to catch predators. Yeah. That makes to sense. make it easier on flocks. So that makes sense. So, um, so after they do this, they strip their brother down. They throw him into a pit wanting to kill him. They just sit down and eat a meal. Right? <laughs> like, I read that. And I'm like, that's like, you know, when you see a true crime documentary or you listen to a true yes. crime podcast and, like, the person will kill them and then they'll they'll just eat go back. Yeah. Let's go back go to their normal McDonald's. daily life. Oh, yeah. All this murder plotting was making me hungry. Seriously. Like, I was just thinking. I was, uh, I was like, just like a serial killer. How? Like, yeah. Like, how could you be okay with that? You know? Psycho. Like, how could you not feel... They hated him that much. That's I feel like their hearts were just me. so hardened. Yeah. From hate and from jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so they sat down and eat and they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, bomb, myrrh and on their way to carry it down to Egypt. So one of the brothers, Judah. 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 Said Judah. to his brothers, what? profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood come let us sell him to the ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother our own flesh so he's just like um let's not kill him because you know we're, we actually have to do that and that'll be on us forever yeah. let's just sell him for brother. a profit he is our brother Yep. So that's what they do. They sell him for 20 shekels of silver. Now, I did a little research because I was like, what is 20 shekels of silver? Mm -hmm. And apparently the going wage for yeah. a shepherd was like eight. So 20 shekels split amongst, I don't know, four people, five people that were there. It's quite a lot of money. Well, it would have been 10 minus 12 minus three. By three. Well, because Reuben wasn't there, Joseph's being sold, Benjamin never went anywhere and did anything because he was the baby. Nine. So nine. So they barely got two apiece. If they split it evenly. If they split it evenly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so they sold him for a profit and they took Joseph to Egypt. Yes, they did. Yep. See, this part, the next part, what Reuben does when he comes back to the pit and finds him not there makes me think that he was doing it for his own selfish intentions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 1000%. Because if he wasn't, he would be like, this is what they did. Make him tell him what he did. And then he would have gone and probably gotten him. Yeah. But instead, he returns to the pit, finds that jo Joseph isn't there. The boy. He, yeah, the boy. The boy is gone. He tore up his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, the boy is gone. And where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in blood. And they set the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, this is what we found. Please identify, please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, it is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Joseph is without a doubt torn to pieces. He sure is not. And Jacob tore his garments, put a sackcloth on his loins, and mourned for his son many days. Yeah. So two things. One's a question. One's a statement. One, um... I think it's absolutely hilarious how we are still seeing Jacob reaping what he sowed in the deception yes. of his father. That is exactly what I have. Yes. Yep. So they killed a goat and they dipped it in blood, the robe in the goat's blood. And if you don't remember, Jacob slaughtered a goat and used its fur to pose as Esau to trick Isaac mm -hmm. into blessing him. So he is still paying for that. Many, 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 many years later. Um, the second thing is, what in the world does a loincloth in his loins have to do with his <laughs> a son's death? In his I don't get it. I really, from everything that I can see, is it it was just something culturally what they did to show that they were in mourning. They walk around naked with a with a piece of the cloth over their. I mean, I don't, jump. I don't. I'm looking a little bit more. So a sack 
cloth from what I could find in the research that I was doing or that I did is, is that it wasn't like when we hear loins, like I'm immediately thinking speedo, right? Briefy, whitey, tidy type things, but that's not what it was. I think Tarzan. It was right. It was not that it was like a single piece, kind of like we said, a head hole. But what it was Mm -hmm. is it was like a goat hair and it was black, which is why they wore it to show that they were in mourning. And, um, like, like a sack race, like a sack cloth. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they're saying it, that it was. And it was just something culturally that the Israelites, you know, as in the people of Israel, um, that they did whenever they were in mourning. Okay. So that makes more sense. Yeah. Because immediately I'm like, why is he wearing black underwear and just. <laughs> right you know because i'm like what is what is this but that's not it was like again basically like a giant i'm doing the motions like i'm putting it over my head (laughs) (laughs) like you know you just put it over and it was just like black on either side and again kind of like what they typically wore and then they would just tie their their rope around the black thing Mm -hmm. you know and then they would be wearing black for in mourning um because that's like I said, culturally, that's just how they showed they were mourning and missing someone. You know how like you wear black to a well, you don't have to wear black to a funeral, but traditionally people wear black to a funeral yeah. or like you know back in the day, if you were a widow and you lost you know your husband or whatever, you would be in mourning or yeah. wear black for however long or yeah. whatever. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay, okay, he's just not walking around naked. No, all right darn i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) he was old he was old um i think am i mistaken about what nope that is no that's not um so he's in his sackcloth and he's mourning um it says all of his sons and all of his daughters rose up to comfort him but he refused to be comforted and said no i shall go down to sheol to my son mourning to my son mourning thus his father wept for him meanwhile the median medianites Mm -hmm. had sold him in egypt to potiphar potiphar an officer of pharaoh the captain of the guard yeah so i kind of too wanted to touch on some like sheol what is why why are we going there was the significance of that yes please do and i know know. we obviously oh we also previously talked about, okay, well, we know what happens after Jesus' sacrifice, where we go when we die, what happened with the Old Testament people. Yeah. yeah. So, I did some research. Hold on, wait. Say that again? Previously, we were wondering prior to Jesus' sacrifice, where people in the Old Testament went when they died. Well... Here's my opinion, because I don't absolutely, I have no idea. But, sure, because I'm going to answer it, but go ahead. Okay. Well, they didn't have a mediator like Jesus Christ to, mm-hmm. you know, take on their sin. They yeah. always fell short of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And they always fell short mm-hmm. of being blameless in mm-hmm. his sight because we didn't have Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they all went to hell other than his chosen people. So, Sheol, if that's how you say it is the place where Old Testament people went when they died. Um, And basically, there were two sides to this place. One side for believers and the righteous, and one side for everybody else. So, Is this like an actual place? uh, Yeah. Like a physical, tangible thing on this earth? One that we... a, A spiritual place. Like if our eyes were open, we could have seen it. It does... It doesn't exist anymore. But at that time, it did. You lost me. Okay. Okay. So you know how everything in this world is tainted by sin. So we can't see anything. For all we know, we don't even want to know what's floating around in this room right now. No. I mean, there's definitely a spirit that lives in here. (laughs) Turns on my TV all the time. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Uh, Saying a little prayer there. (laughs) Um, Uh. So, and you, hey, we had even talked about it a little bit when you talked about the camp that Jacob came upon whenever he was going to meet Esau, right? Yes. How Jacob could see it. That didn't necessarily mean that everybody else with Jacob could see it. It's just that in that moment, God opened his eyes to what he was able to see that was on the earth, 
right? Yeah. So kind of like how hell and heaven are actual places. Yes. Sheol or however you pronounce it wasn't was an actual place and that's where you went when you died. Now now mm-hmm. we have Jesus Christ's sacrifice. He died on the cross for our sins. Yes. We're able to, you know, repent and follow God and when we die because of Jesus' sacrifice, mm-hmm. I think too this really spoke to me because it just goes to show how important Jesus' sacrifice was for us. Yes. It actually like, yes, I can feel it in my throat. Are you going to cry? Uh, I cry every time. Tears of joy, you <laughs> yes. know, because of what Jesus did for us. We are able to immediately when we die, immediately be with the Lord. Yeah. Like there's no in between. Nope. There's no like we can immediately be with God. Yes. However, in the time of the Old Testament, obviously prior to Jesus, mm-hmm. there wasn't that, you know. Yeah. Yes. You could do animal sacrifices or what have you mm-hmm. to repent and atone for your sin um, and maintain and have a relationship with God. So when you died, you went to this place called Sheol. Okay. It basically think of it as like the interim heaven mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. because people were not getting into heaven. Now, let me because- ask you this. Do you know if this is still a place that is thought about and talked about and believed in by the Jewish people today. Sheol? Yeah. I'm sure because from what I understand, they, they don't, don't believe that Jesus has come yet. Yeah, they don't. So I'm sure they believe that, but I don't know because mm-hmm. I don't know entirely what they believe. Because that totally sounds but, like a Jewish word. Sheol. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So there were two sides to Sheol. There was the side for believers and saints And then there was the side for the not believers and saints. Mm -hmm. And then when Jesus Christ came to the earth, died on the cross for our sins, that barrier, that shield barrier between heaven and hell was Mm -hmm. broken. Um, And all those who were considered to be righteous and saints are in heaven. Mm -hmm. And all those else are in hell. Okay. Okay. From so what I understand, like I said, I'm not a professional. I'm not yeah. teaching. I'm not saying that that's what it is. That's just what I was able to gather. Yeah. When I was doing my research, you know, On the internet. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> little country. Little country. So, um, that's what I understand it to be. So basically, what he was referring to is, I'm going to be carrying it with me into my eternal life, even after I die. Okay, so that's he wasn't how sad going he was. to an actual physical place. That no, makes more sense. No, no, it was more of like a spiritual. A spiritual. Oh, I'm gonna die with feeling so sad and mourning my own son type of thing. Okay, and even after sense. I die, I'm gonna carry it with me because that's how that's, sad I am. That makes more sense because he was like, "No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son." morning yeah like he's gonna go with him yeah okay oh okay. they're able then to be joined reunited reunited yeah. with yeah that makes so. sense that makes so much more sense thank you yeah i just thought that was super interesting too you know yes because i didn't know i was ever since we had talked about well what happened to the old testament believers when they died you know yeah boom there it is so jacob no Jacob is now mourning. Yes. Yes. Joseph is now in Egypt. Yes. Because his brother sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Yeah. Um, so we kind of switch gears a little bit um, from talking about Joseph in the quote unquote generations of Jacob um, to switching to judah and a specific story a specific instance of his yes now i had a lot of questions about this because i was like all right number it's one, a lot it's a lot it's a lot and it's a lot of story so it's not like a lot of takeaways from it i feel yeah i mean um, it's just a lot of what happened what happened it's kind exactly. of self-explanatory yes so i think the first thing after jacob jacob joseph is sold to egypt or to the whatever people who he ends up mm-hmm. in Egypt mm-hmm. being sold as a slave. Um, I think it moves into Judah mostly because he was the one that did that. Yeah. Like maybe. And then it's, it's kind of molding and kind of shifting by the end of it. He comes from like this heartless person to like someone that it's maybe not as heartless. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's the main purpose of it, but 
let's just talk about it for a second <laughs> yeah i mean it's you thought the drama between abraham and sarah in egypt was bad why like why is there so much drama <laughs> it's because it's life yeah it's just unfortunately it's just part of life yes. and i think that this story too maybe you're going to make this point and i'm speaking too early but i also too in terms of joseph because we're still like kind of a, yeah. a stopping point with him this just goes to show how god uses both good and evil acts to achieve his purpose yes. so no matter what you do god will achieve what god plans to achieve yes. like you're not stopping it i don't care if you give your husband your servant to have a child with or not if god says you're gonna have the baby guess what honey you gonna have the baby you know you will try all your might to bless the wrong son <laughs> right right god's gonna make sure you bless Exa the right one <laughs> yeah exactly so but yes um a lot of bad things happen in joseph's life which i think also mirrors the fact that while he was righteous because he was righteous in in terms of you know the rest of his brothers yeah um he still suffered a lot he did and just because you're righteous does not mean you're not going to suffer exactly so exactly and if it wasn't for him being sold as a slave and being ended up in egypt he would not have had the life that god intended for him to have at all well and eventually then he would have not have been able to save his family exactly so exactly with without a struggle there is no miracle I'll say it every time. Yes. Okay. Let's right. get into Judah's story. Judah's story. I, you tell it the best. Oh, goodness. And your point is just... Right there. Nail on the head. That's right. Um, so Judah... <laughs> Judah married Shua, right? Yes. That's how I would Shua, say it. A Canaanite woman. Mm -hmm. um, mind you, they were not supposed to be taking wives from the Canaanite women. Sure were. However, it still happened. So she made... Sh she married judah shua married judah oh goodness um and she conceived and bore a son and named his name er 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 earl er earl er is his name er she conceived again and bore a son and called his name onan what did you say oh yeah that was good yeah and then she um bore another son and named him sheila I would say Sheila, but <laughs> Sheila's fine. <laughs> Sheila. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then the, at the end of that little paragraph, it just tells us where he was when she gave him sons. Um, so there's three sons, right? Er, Onan, and Sheila. Er, Onan, and Sheila. We're going to say Sheila. 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 Okay. Um, so. Sheila. Okay. Yes. Er was the firstborn. So he took a wife first as is custom yes and her name was tamar okay but i'm with you yes er judah's firstborn was wicked in the sight of the lord and so he struck him down he was like nope you're dead yeah no dead. can you imagine being so wicked that the lord himself deemed your life just nope, nope you're done. no more you're done yeah i mean and we don't get the details of his, of his wickedness no. we don't know what he did we don't know how he was wicked but it must have been bad it yeah. must have been real bad but you know in the end and when people talk about the unjustness quote-unquote unjustness of god the god of the old testament they forget that it's the same god of the new testament and they forget that he is always just so there was always a yep. perfect reason why he yep. did what he did and hello i think rc sproul said it best yes. if some creature from the dirt i.e humans mm -hmm. men women women alike yes. animals think that they're gonna have complete disregard for the very few guidelines that he has provided and you're going to tell me that wasn't fair? Right? Right? No. What is wrong with people? Anyway. Like, a literal creature from the dirt. That's yeah. what we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Blatantly disregard our creator. Anyway, he was struck down because he was so wicked. So, this 
Tamar lady was left without a husband. So it is custom in those days when a woman is widowed due to her husband's untimely death. Um, if they have no children, if he doesn't have an heir to carry on that family name, um, she will marry the brother and the yeah. brother's duty is to give her a child to carry on the family name for the first brother. What's up? I have a question. Yeah. How would you feel about that? Oh, oh no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'll die alone. Widow. Thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm free. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's nothing personal. <laughs> Seriously, no, I don't. don't But again, you know, at that time it was it it was just what you did. If you think about it, too, like they had a direct command from God, from Abraham's covenant to say, I'm going to make you into a God of many nations. Being one of a direct descendant of Abraham, Judah, he needed to make sure that 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 happened, that they were having he was having multiple grandchildren that he was having multiple offspring like they were be supposed to fruitful be fruitful and multiply. multiply exactly so the next oldest brother onan yes. um judah gave to tamar so judah said to onan go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her and raise up an offspring for your brother so onan was like mm, nah bro like he's not mine he's not gonna be my kid i'm not gonna give her a child and just have her take the credit for it like why would i do that but did he say no i'm not gonna do that or did he give into his fleshly lust for this you know lady Mm -hmm. and just you know Mm -hmm. off with her Mm -hmm. he did he gave into his lust and he put his semen aside on the ground Instead of in her. That's what it says. It's literally what it says. Verbatim. Verbatim. So basically, he was not... He was performing the sexual act of intercourse, but he was not giving the... Did not impregnate. Yeah. Yeah. Of his seed to her. Yeah. He was just... He was pulling out. Um, (laughs) He was practicing a form of contraception. Well, whatever. Anyway. Okay. So that was wicked in the eyes of the lord as well so the lord struck him down he did and he was like you're done bye and let's do because let's think about just that act was not this whole thing the whole onan's whole thought process behind the whole thing was what was wicked i mean yes what he did was wicked but his whole thought process of feeding his flesh and feeding his moment wants instead of doing his what he was supposed to do instead of performing his duty that's what was wicked yep so and let's be real based on the fact that he made that decision there is probably other wicked decisions that he made prior oh, to this. I'm sure. So, I mean, two out of the three of Judah's sons were shot, like shot down by God. Like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. How wicked do you have to be? Anyway, um, so he's dead, and so <laughs> Judah said Tamar to Tamar, you know, his daughter-in-law says, "Remain a widow, go back to your father's house, and when my youngest son." Shala. Shala is old enough. I will give him to you as your husband. So he's not old enough to be married off just yet. Go back to your father's house. Stay a widow. When time comes, I'll come get you, basically. And, you know, he's still married at this time. He's still married to Shua. Um, but she dies. And he's he's comforted when he goes up to a place, Tim, Timina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to his sheep shears. So what I gathered from the sheep shears situation is that this was a massive feast time. It was a massive party, a lot of drinking, like a lot of just togetherness with guy friends, men, men. Um, so that's how he was comforted after his real, wife died. Nice. Yep. So basically Classy. he told his daughter-in-law to say you know go wait for me i'll come get you when it's done and then he went on his merry way um basically forgot about her for a minute um so he's up there and tamar was told that he was in the region like he was up her way where her father's house was and so she had an an idea um because she saw you know he was off partying he really wasn't taking 
into account like the age of his son like he could have been of age and he was just out partying doing whatever um so she took off her widow's garments um which i'm assuming were outward notions that she was a widow um yeah kind of like the morning yeah kind of like the sackcloth yep i mean i don't know exactly what it was but i'm sure it was something similar i'm sure it was black i'm sure it was veiled and and everything like that um she took that off and covered herself with a veil, wrapping herself up and sat at the entrance to an AM, mm-hmm. which is on the road to where um, Judah was going with his friends. Yes. Um, she saw that Sheila was grown up. So Sheila is grown Secrets up at this out, point. Judah. And she had not been given to him in a marriage. So when Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute for she had covered her face. So he turned to her at the roadside and said, come in, let me come into you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, what will you give me that you may come into me? He said, he answered, I will send you a young goat from the flock. And she's like, no, no, I want a pardon or a pledge, excuse me. And he said, what pledge shall I give you? And she said, give me your stignet and your cord and your staff that is in your hand. These were identifying pieces that shepherds brought with them that were specific for one person. So yeah. like, if you gave them to somebody else, they would be able to identify you. If they found they your dead body, they yeah. would know who you are. It was the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically. So he gave those to her and then went into her and she conceived. Um, and then she arose, went on her way, right? Now, so, I just want to say... At this point, when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, my goodness, she is that's bad. She's so evil. Like, how could she do that? Like, what was she thinking? Oh, she's going to be in trouble. Like, she's the bad one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So so she arose, went on her way, took off her veil, put her widow's garments back on. um, And Judas and his friend a friend he didn't even go and do it himself <laughs> he sent a friend uh, to give her the goat and he couldn't find her he was like i don't know where she went and came back to judah was like i couldn't find her um and so she was like not she judah said let her keep the things as her own or we'll be laughed at as in i slept with this lady i told her i'd get her a goat i can't find her um but if i go looking for her and she pops up like it's gonna be shameful on me to say I slept with a prostitute, basically. Yeah. So he was like, all right, just let her keep the crap and we'll deal about it later. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. whatever. Um, about three months later, Judah was told that Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has been immoral, meaning she has prostituted herself. Yeah, been unfaithful, been... Yeah. Yep. You know. So moreover, she is pregnant by immorality. So she is pregnant by being a prostitute, is basically what that mm-hmm. verse says. Um, and Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. He was going to burn this burn lady. Her. <laughs> burn her. Burn her. Like what? Which, I mean, was a Mosaic Law Which, punishment. <laughs> like that yeah, was Yeah, that was just what they did. I. Uh, anyway, um, different worlds we live in now. So as she was being brought out to be burned at the stake, three months pregnant, um, she sent word to her father-in-law, said, by the man to whom these uh, these belong, I am pregnant. So remember the staff and the cord and the signet she had got from him and then probably subsequently hid from the guy who was bringing her the goat? Those are identifying markers. Mm -hmm. It's like like an ID. Yep. She was like, by the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. And and she said, please identify whose these are, the signet and the cord and the staff. Mm, Mm, Silence fell over the crowd. No. Then Judah identified them and said, she is more righteous than I, since I did not give her to my son, Sheila, and he did not know her again. So in this story, she is the hero because she took on the duty that was charged to her by God to be fruitful and multiply. It is not her fault that Judah did not stick to his word and give him 
or give her his son. I didn't think of it that way until you pointed it out and it's brilliant. Yes. It is. She is so I smart. That so cunning. So cunning. So smart. I just, I love the fact that, you know, she probably did this publicly and was like, you're going to burn me at the stake. This crap is yours. This baby is yours. What are you yep. going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, when it's time for her to give birth, um, there were twins in her womb. And when she was in labor, one put out a hand and the midwife took it and tied a scarlet thread on its hand saying this one came out first. Apparently, it was just something they did to identify the firstborn. Yeah. Because, because protrusion through that was <laughs> the birth canal was yeah, like the first, whatever. you know, thing. It wasn't when the first baby actually emerged. It was whatever came out first. Oh. Um, so the hand went back in and then the brother came out first Perez came out first and then Zara came out second which was the one that stuck its hand out um can we pause for a moment if anyone knows anything about birthing which you know you've experienced firsthand I'm screaming for this woman she had two babies in her birth canal right to fight I mean how else how else was an arm sticking out I I I can't it makes me hurt like usually one head one baby is in the birth canal but can you imagine no thanks because it has to descend like if you're having twins these twins aren't coming out if you have to we're going to shalom together right if you're if you're having twins one one has to descend into the birth canal and come out before the other one can descend and yeah. come out. They so like, had to have been there at the same time. Exact same time. How Ooh. wide? No. Does We're not doing hips it. hips have to be? Like, no. oh my goodness. No. 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 That makes me want to, like, never no. have children. No. No. So, we have two new two new players in the game here. Yep. It's Perez and Zara, who is the sons of Judah. Tamar. Oh, yes. And Judah. The quote unquote daughter in law of Judah. Yes. And that was the end of chapter 38. Yep. Yes. That was it. You know, Judah in this whole thing, when his sons were dying, he thought that it was Tamar who was, was the, problem? the problem. She he thought that Tamar was bad luck. And so that's why he didn't give his other son to her. Um, he didn't connect his son's sins to their deaths. Instead, he blamed the woman, which is typical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Are we ready for our favorite verses this time? Are we? Do you have anything else? Do you? Uh, I mean, I just think this is interesting to know that while Zara, is that how we said his name? Yeah. While he was who the people would consider to be the firstborn because he stuck his hand out first, but then Perez actually himself was born first. Yeah. That Jesus actually comes from Perez's line, who God chose to be first because he was born first. I just thought that was interesting. Perez means breach. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was actually breach. I mean, this woman had, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. We don't know. I don't think we know that. What? If if Jesus was from Perez's line. Yes. I we did do. research. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. In fact, it came straight from the study portion in my Bible. Oh, yeah. It does. Perez becomes part of the Messianic line. Mm-hmm. I didn't even read that. LOL. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting because huh. while, again, the people tied the scarlet string around the scarlet thread around Zerah, God was like, nope. Perez. I mean, he does have a track history of choosing the second born. He always chooses the last. He always picks the last. In God's eyes, the last are first. The first are last. The weak are the strong. And the poor are the rich. Yeah. So... You know, I'm weak and I'm poor. Stop it (laughs) with your shifty eyes. All right. Did you just quote Talladega Nights just now? If you ain't first, you're last. I didn't say that. (laughs) That's how I heard it in my brain. (laughs) 
so our favorite verses we actually have two this week they go together uh, yeah um chapter 38 verses 25 through 26 yes. um as she was being brought out she sent word to her father-in-law by the man to whom these belong i am pregnant and she said please identify who these are and the signet and the cord and the staff then Judah identified them and said, she is more righteous than I, since I did not give her my son, Shalah, and he did not know her again. Yes. The women win one in this story. Right? We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's my favorite because reading it, you would think, you know, she's yeah. the bad guy. I did. A thousand percent. I did. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh. Yeah. Makes you think. And then Makes I was like, think. oh. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Yes. Alrighty. Well, I guess that ends this episode. Um, on the next episode, we'll be discussing Genesis chapters 39 through 41. And that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word. And we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.